This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Welcome back to Create the Next. I'm Chris Bentliff, and I'm joined today by Sam Desigan. And Sam is a managing partner for Pro CFO Partners. And Sam, it's great to have you uh, on, on the show. It's great to be able to have this opportunity to kind of explore your mindset and your expertise around software as a service. The acronym is SAS, everybody, capital S, capital S with two A's in the middle. And software as a service is something that a lot of us use um, without necessarily knowing that that's what it's called. But on the flip side of that, those of us that are engaged with running, founding, managing uh, SaaS companies have an awful lot to think about. It's kind of the new dynamic um, for a lot of digital sort of business. And we're even seeing some of its principles, subscription-based, for instance, I don't know, spreading outside of that. It's a fascinating space. Let's start with a little bit of why is this an area of interest or passion or of concern for you? And and what is your kind of your overall perspective of the SaaS environment as it's been I don't know, emerging a little bit new in the last five years, but almost a, a stable mainstay now. Yeah, thank you, Chris. And thanks for uh, inviting me. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, in the software and SaaS space for close to 15 years now. Uh, started with co-founding two companies in the space and selling them and then uh, went on to be a CFO for others. So uh, like I said, and it's really taken off to a point where Pretty much all the software in most companies has been acquired through the SaaS from a SaaS perspective. So it's not, uh, uh, you know, as other than fairly large companies, most of them are leveraging, um, you know, uh, subscriptions, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Salesforce, whether it's yada yada, right? Mm-hmm. But the question is as a SaaS company, um, there's been a lot of venture capital that has poured into the space and companies have uh, gone to a great degree to only focus on growth. So customer acquisition has been at any cost, right? And now the, you know, the situation is, you know, companies have got to watch the bottom line as to what they're spending to make sure their customer acquisition costs are in line with lifetime value of the customer they acquire. So, uh, uh, so from that perspective, it's becoming super critical for SaaS companies to finally get to a point saying, okay, we got to be profitable. You know, we can't just be showing growth and expert venture capital to pour in because those days have gone. So now it's a time where a lot of companies uh, in the SaaS space are looking at fiscal discipline, looking at, uh, you know, what is a customer acquisition cost? What is the, uh, you know, what, what is the lifetime value of the customer and what is the revenue churn rate? So some of these SaaS metrics have now are super critical because they may not get the next stage of funding without being able to prove that they can be a profitable business. I'm going to take a pause, Chris, to see what are your thoughts on the on some of my opening comments. Oh, it's fascinating. And I love that you're sharing some of these kind of key uh, perspectives, lifetime value, cost per acquisition, uh, churn. These are important key performance indicators, KPIs, of kind of how we're running our business. And I think there's a lot of um, kind of satellites orbiting those big principles. For instance, uh, if you're running a trial, how many of those people are turning into customers? How many of those people are engaging past the 
the first day and into the seven days of the trial or whatever. There's a lot of different metrics that can be kind of leading indicators into what's going to happen. And I'm wondering what your thoughts on that are. What, what should I really be focusing on? You mentioned the three big ones. Is that if I get those down, am I okay? Or should I be thinking about some of these ancillary things that can also be shedding a lot of light on the health and potential of my, of my operation? Those three things are critical because lifetime value, right? Historically, it's been okay. You know, they, they you come up with a basic math, but people are not, or companies are not really looked at the cross-sell cycle, upsell cycle. What is the portfolio of products? What is the product line expansion? So, you know, putting a number on a presentation to the VC is one thing, but really think deeper into each of this is important, right? Even customer acquisition cost, you know, um, maybe it's, uh, you know, channels are getting important. I mean, maybe you're, you can be part of a Salesforce ecosystem, Amazon ecosystem, Microsoft ecosystem, and try to leverage the ecosystem to build your customer base, right? So, so from that perspective, I think what is important is not the number of metrics. What is important is how deep have we spent time in understanding those metrics and be able to uh, flush that out with our advisors, you know, whether it's investors, whether it's, uh, um, you know, uh, even large customers, key customers. So that's that's the different perspective that uh, we like to highlight. Are you finding that again and again and again, those three or one of those three is being ignored or not given enough attention to? Like, I'm wondering if there's, if I could give one piece of advice to every SaaS operation out there, it would be this first simple thing to get started with, simple in our terminology. But what is kind of the chronic issue that you're seeing? Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, ProCFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC Financial Flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com Yeah, I think the, the chronic issue is uh, like, you know, a lot of times I'm seeing companies where they really are not able to demonstrate that the lifetime value is more than like two or three times the, what they've spent on the customer acquisition, right? So, so whether it is, uh, and that determines how they are able to determine because large companies that have been in the SaaS space for a long time, they've really mastered that and they've pushed the LTV to north of five or six or seven times customer acquisition cost. Whereas if you see then some of the younger companies, at least till this year, who are flush with venture capital funding, and even Zoom, for example, right? 70% of Zoom's costs are marketing costs. Now think about it, right? I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, I really don't know how they're going to survive when there's a Google Meetup option, which is free, right? So how do you survive? How do you fight free? So I think companies are forced to think about that. And no wonder, you know, all of a sudden now you see all these layoffs because people are realizing that the customer acquisition costs, which also is quasi sales and marketing, now has to fit the equation in terms of 
what is your lifetime value whether you're getting six or seven times and not you know spending one dollar for every dollar of lifetime value you know that equation is being questioned so ltv to cac is something which is super important now and a lot of um, you know companies are now looking at it pretty seriously as if we can bump that number to sub beyond six or seven where it really makes it optimal and and i, I can give you one example and chris you'll find it fascinating i was uh, listening to uh, a company one of the founders of a, a unicorn called freshdesk uh, freshdesk is uh, based out of india they have like 2000 sales uh people but they are valued at 10 billion dollars and um, from their perspective they have automated everything around customer acquisition right everything has been automated so it's light human touch more automation to a point where it is built into a number of uh, uh you know channels so there are customer acquisition cost is extremely low another simple another example is like chargebee which has really baked their solution with good channel partners so today i think that's another critical thing where now you you want to partner with channel partners to be able to acquire customers without going and spending the money so that's just a snapshot of different ways in which you know we we advise companies and we help them uh, uh you know make it become more profitable from a customer acquisition i love um kind of what you're sharing around this idea of i don't know some realities are are coming up or we're 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 hitting some truths and you mentioned layoffs is the mood of venture capitalists changing is the mood of investors changing there was a time where it was like oh that's a good idea let me throw some money at you and now they're kind of wise to a lot of that happening to the pandemic anything that had to do with remote anything was you know just through the roof uh stratospheric growth you mentioned zoom and now that's coming back to earth what are you finding out there that is driving some of these um some of these needs to really have a better sense of your ltv lifetime value and cac which is customer acquisition acquisition costs what what's driving yeah. on the other side on the investor side I think definitely from an investor standpoint you know their LPs who have been investing in these funds are really tightening the belt so all of a sudden you have softbank you have tiger you have all these big names that are really that have had bleeding right that have <laughs> the last year has been terrible for them so when they are not able to show the returns some of the LPs that are investing in these funds are saying oh you know what we need to really tighten our belts too so the cash flow into those venture capital funds are drying up and to from that perspective now uh, at least i know a lot of the venture capital funds are now going to the portfolio companies and saying hey guys you know be ready to tighten your belts for two years you know you you have to use your cash and uh, don't come back to me for a check right <laughs> so so now all of a sudden there's a existential crisis for some of those companies that have to totally revamp themselves to be able to survive so so i think it's a good thing you know i'm a turn around guy so i always like to see uh belt tightening and i think it's it's good uh, it's a good time from that perspective if i have to put my energy into something to kind of straighten this out and and there's no one answer everybody's different every organization is different but should i be working more on product features to attract new customers should i be spending more on marketing to try to get more customers what what's kind of the 
sweet spot for how I should be approaching this so that my, how should I be nurturing or cultivating my existing customers to do more and more with that lifetime value? What's, what are some advice or points that you have for us there? That's a great question, Chris. Uh, I think the key issue is to make the product as friction-free as possible, right? From a user adoption perspective, if it's the, you lower the amount of friction, then you see the adoption skyrocketing, right? So, so I think that's the most important thing. A lot of it comes down to the product itself. So if you're able to uh, make the product uh, friction-free, make the adoption friction-free, make the training friction-free, then you see uh, a user growth without really going crazy because a lot of the SaaS companies have customers that are probably not using it across the organization. For example, there might be one division of a large company using Tableau, but guess what? You know, then there might be other five divisions or five departments that are not using Tableau, right? Within the same company. So now you have access to the customer, except now you just got to build it out, right? So so that's another way to do it, where now you make it so friction-free and you increase the, uh, you expand the envelope of, of the footprint of the product, that now it can touch into other departments. And, and that's another way to do it. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't really think you know, purely ramping up on marketing is the way to go. I think it's really about smart spending and, and that should be a balance between product side and marketing side. Good advice. What, if I'm listening and I'm I'm a founder or I'm a executive or, or, you know, I'm a decision maker in this space and I'm stressed out because all the things you're saying are really hitting me. What should I be expecting from my CFO? Do I have a CFO? Have I been just sort of offloading this to some guys who are smart in the operation that you know have a financial mind because we're a lean team of founders? What should I be doing from that perspective where uh, some some key insights, some expert insights, some advice and guidance could really help me? Yeah, I think the key issue is if you, you don't need to necessarily have a full-time CFO, but at the very least, you need to have, uh, you know, fractional folks like our company who are advising them at least periodically. So directionally, they are not uh, going in the wrong direction, right? Uh, and 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 I think I think you know most of the venture back companies have a CFO or a, or, a, or a director of finance, and they should be asking these questions because the the free money is gone. Now it's time to uh, you have to set for getting the next check from the investors, right? So so the CFOs are going to be under a lot of pressure to ask the tough questions and make sure that, um, you know, that uh, uh, the, the company is not going overboard on spending and it is able to uh, drive the revenue without commensurate spend on, on, the, on, the, on the marketing. Yeah. It's, Sam, it's a really clear point. Either, either get the guidance or if you have a CFO or, or, or director of finance, make sure that they're asking some of these tough questions. I like your advice about tightening the belt and I love this focus on these three KPIs, which is lifetime value, customer acquisition cost, and uh, return rate. And if we can start to figure those things out, we're, we're building a more attractive company, a more attractive product. Awesome. Yes, indeed. It was a fantastic call, Chris. Uh, appreciate it. And you asked some great questions. So I'm, I'm excited. I think it's, it's a good opportunity uh, to advise the companies in the SaaS space. Well, as as our uh, as our our chief executive officer Nelson Tepfer always seems to say, call us. The first thing you should do is call us. So, 
we're leaving you with that kind of space. Sam Desigan has been so nice to meet you. So nice to have this conversation. Can't wait to have you back and continue uh, learning about your insights and your expert advice and your generosity in this space with us. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.